Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, and today we are talking 2023 event trends with Will Curran. Will, if you don't know him, is really well-known in the industry. He has done a lot for the event professional community. He has event podcasts, many of which you've probably listened to, and you've probably seen him around events and maybe on LinkedIn. And so this is going to be a really fun episode. We're so grateful to have him. So we're going to get into the episode, but also I want to give you a reminder we are preparing for our 100th episode. Super exciting. But what we need from you listeners is to submit why you love events. That's the prompt. We have a survey link in the show notes that you can submit a, you can either tell us why you love events or you can submit an audio clip, which we will feature your voice on the podcast. So this is your chance. We'd love to invite you to participate. So be sure to check out the show notes for that. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson, and we want to save as much time for this week's episode as possible. We are talking about 2023 event trends with Will Curran, and I could not be more excited to get him on the podcast. So Mary, I'm going to hand it over to you to officially introduce him. Absolutely. I have Will's bio here. I'm going to add a little, a little bit, but for those of you who are not familiar with Will, he is the founder of Endless Events and creator of the Event Profs community and host of the event industry podcast, Event Icons, Event Brew, and the Event Tech podcast, which these are iconic event podcasts, everyone. You're going to have to listen to them if you haven't already. Will has been named one of the most influential people in the meeting and events industry, one of the 40 under 40 event industry leaders, 35 entrepreneurs under the age of 35, and the highest customer satisfaction of any event company in the industry. Wow. Will has been producing in-person, virtual, and hybrid events since high school. Will, since high school, how old are you? I'm uh, 32 <laughs> now. Thir no, 33. Something yeah, like that. Well, you're uh, under 35. I got, I got two more years for that yeah. 35 <laughs> part of my bio, apparently. <laughs> Will, is there anything else you'd love to add to that that amazing bio? No, you you write so well, too. Oh, my gosh. But no, I, I appreciate that you guys told him to check out the podcast, too. Uh, you know, we were talking off screen, but it feels like forever that I've been doing this, like recording and talking about the events industry stuff. So, um, yeah, I love doing this, though. So I'm really excited to dive in with you guys. Amazing. And yeah, just a little context for our listeners for why we asked Will. Um, I will say I found you through your podcast. I love listening to both the Event Tech podcast and the Event Brew podcast are part of my like weekly ones that I try to keep up with yes. um, and have appreciated all of your lovely insights, especially mm -hmm. as I've dived more on the tech side of things that I would never have described myself as a tech person five <laughs> years ago. But that's probably a lot of us in the event industry. Totally, so totally. Um, you were on our short list and we were like, who do we need to have in 2023? So well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate that so much. You know, podcasting is such a, like a one way thing that sometimes, you know, we always tell people like emails, emails, emails. And, you know, and like a lot of times we, you don't really get a lot of emails because people sometimes are just really happy and listening. So like, I love getting to meet listeners face to face. And it's always so funny too. I've heard a couple times at conferences when we were talking about IMEX is that someone came up to me and was like, 
I recognized that voice. They had no idea what my name was or who I was, but they recognized my voice. And I think that was like the first time someone had just like been like, I know your voice. Well, who are you? I don't know you. You're a podcast guy. <laughs> that was awesome. That's like the ultimate, I don't know, sign of credibility to be recognized by your voice. The, you guys next. are coming in there next. You guys are next. <laughs> oh, yeah, for all I, the best reasons. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate their voice. Uh, no, hopefully, no, no, no. Yeah, hopefully all good things. That was one that we <laughs> will take. <laughs> Um, but we'll just kind of jumping in, talking about these 2023 event trends, like uh, who even determines these event trends well, like, <laughs> or how we keep on top of them? <laughs> well, of course, I come up with all of them and I am the sole source of truth. Um, no, it's, you know, it's funny. I've been writing this guide for the like event trends for Oh, I think 10 years now or something like that. It feels like forever. Um, and if like when I first started creating content, I really wasn't sure exactly how to make sure that like, hey, how am I an authority in the space? But lo and behold, a lot of people loved what I was writing because a lot of times I look at these trends guides and realize they were just like a list of the same stuff over and over again, especially year to year. It was like taking the same thing and like copying and pasting and calling it a trend. I'm like, no, the trends are the things that are impacting the industry this year that you really need to be working on and you need to be, you know, uh, paying attention to, and especially for, for, for me, I was like in the weeds, like I was working events. A lot of times like trends guides are written by people who are looking at the industry and seeing you know maybe some broader trends but like you know you can talk about diversity equity inclusion for many many years but unless you're saying how are you going to actually make your events more diverse that's what really matters and so for a lot of times when i wrote this guide it was about being practical and being very specific about this year and honestly like a lot of it comes down to the fact that like when you write these guides is it's about your opinion too and i think like what's happened in terms of like the ranking on google and so many you know mentions on social media and stuff is that people agree with me and which you know i'm not going to lie when i first started in the industry i thought i you know i had many many years to go before anyone would listen to any crazy idea that i had um, but a lot of it honestly these trends that i end up coming up with is a mix of my experience in the industry my experience and what i've seen at events that not only I planned and intended, but then also too, just like I consume so much content. So most people don't realize that like I read probably like I have a, a, a RSS read. I'm going through like maybe 300 blog posts a day, not necessarily reading every single one, but I'm reading headlines. I'm skimming through articles like like I'm talking about all the newest tech stuff. And that's one reason why I love the event tech podcast is that I'm just I literally like to be on the bleeding edge. If I don't know about something the second it comes out or the day it comes out, I'm like, oh, that's old news, you know? And I think sometimes it might be a little annoying to my friends when they're like, oh, did you hear chat GPT? It's so cool. And I'm like, dude, it's so like two months ago, man. <laughs> okay, wait, so my mind, my mind is blowing. So let's just pause here for a second. How do you, so wait, what do you do to actually keep on top of this? You said that's an RSS feed, is that, is that what you Yeah. Mean? Yeah, like I, I'm very systems focused. So like I like having the best tools to do the jobs that I need to do. Um, so the the ways that I consume content is through two main vehicles. One is through an app called Feedly, which is an RSS reader. Um, if you ever use an RSS reader, it basically just makes it so all the blocks come to you and are in your list. Um, and what's great about that is that you don't have to spend time like going to theverge.com and then trying to skim through their website. Instead, it's all listed from you know latest to, to, to oldest on there. Um, one thing I really like about Feedly is that I set up certain topics and uh, groupings that I like, and it 
using, they use a, call it AI, but using machine learning, it kind of surfaces up the things I care about the most first. So I get that really, really quickly, like product launches. Um, yeah, big announcements around technology. Um, also, I save a bunch of articles I like, and it actually learns like, hey, this article's like this article, so you might like it. Um, so that's really, really helpful. And I think I have like something like, uh, I don't know how many blogs I subscribe to on there, but I'm happy if anyone ever reaches out to me and says, give me that, that your Feedly file, I'll literally just send you the file with all the blogs that I subscribe to. But something like, I think like 100, 200 different blogs on there. Um, and I'm, I'm all the time picking and taking ones off that are good and not good. One thing I like about it too, is that it, it deduplicates, which is really common in RSS readers. Like, you know, like, like, for example, today, uh, Microsoft's announcing that, uh, you know, chat GPT is included as part of Bing. I'm sure every single publication is going to be talking about this. What's nice is it combines it. So it says, hey, here's the article that did it the best. And you don't have to keep reading the same one over and over again. Um, so that's one way that I consume content. Um, the other way that I do a lot of content consuming and kind of trends analysis is through Reddit. Um, I really like the Apollo app for Reddit because it lets me um, make it so once I've seen a post, it doesn't go back on the feed. So I'm constantly sorting by most popular for that day. Um, and since I almost check it every single day, I almost am knowing the most popular stuff up at the top. So that's really, really helpful. And then I'm kind of like everybody else. I read um, you know, on the Kindle, I do Audible, I have my own po do podcasting apps, that sort of thing. Um, but that's pretty much the main ways that I consume honestly is through Feedly because I can read a headline faster than I can listen to a whole podcast and uh, and through Reddit um, just because it's you know I think the upvoting algorithm is a really great way to surface the best stuff to the top. I I'm learning so much over that. We're gonna link some <laughs> of these in the show notes. We'll probably reach out to you for like, please some please do please do. This is awesome. So, so thank you for answering that. Um, so thinking through trends, what general trends like the golden question for this episode? What general trends are you seeing? or are slated to be a trend for 2023. Yeah, it's funny. I made fun of my made fun of the fact that there's trends that like continue year to year, but there's the two I start off with this year are ones that have been repeating for like the last 10 years. Um, and the only reason that I keep them on there is because I think that they're really important that people still need to act upon them. Um, first one, sustainability, right? Like we are not in a place of at all a place where the world is completely sustainable. And we need to be thinking about how we're going to make our events more sustainable. There's tons of content, like just Google events, industry, sustainability. You, we can dive deep in that one, but I has to I have to still say it because it's a pressing issue. And we have to be thinking about these things because we're on a time clock as an earth, right? The second uh, major trend that I've been talking about for many, many years, um, and I get, I'm not the expert. So that's one reason why I also just casually move past it pretty quick, but it's something that we need to improve upon is diversity, equity, and inclusion, especially after 2020, when we had the most, I think, diverse and inclusive events. When you talk about virtual events, literally anyone could show up. Most of the time they were free um, and people really got a chance to interact with the events. I think our events were way more diverse and inclusive um, on there. People were even thinking like, how do I make this inclusive for the people that don't like technology? But then it seems like we're in this rush to go back to in-person it's all getting left behind. So I think there's a big focus that we have to be thinking about in terms of how do we continue to make our events as diverse and inclusive as, as they were in 2020. Um, so those are the kind of the ones that like everyone's like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing about those, but they're important to pay attention to. So diving next into, I'll talk about one that hasn't been talked a lot about that is definitely a trend for this year. And it's that marketing has totally changed um, or is going to change. I don't know if necessarily there's like a solution for what exactly it's going to look like, but before the pandemic, inbound marketing was like king. 
if you were doing content, if you were um, writing blog posts, you could use that to attract an audience and then get them to convert. And then you used to be able to pick up the phone and talk to those people and be like, hey, that blog post you read, I can help you even further. The, what's the kind of challenges that you're having? You know, And people were totally willing to talk to you. Now people download content and don't want sales calls and that honestly they don't convert anymore. Like inbound marketing as a whole is still important because I think people still want content, but it's not as much of like a conversion funnel as it used to be. Um, so I think this is really, really important for events because events could be that next thing that could be used for marketing. It could be that, that you know, I'm gonna talk about another trend a little bit later that could be the future of marketing. There's all these different avenues we can go with this, but no one has the solution in the way that like inbound marketing was pre-pandemic. But now because there's so much influx into tech, um, there's so much influx into people's time because everybody got good at live streaming and being on camera and everybody started podcasting in the pandemic, you know, I think a lot of times there's so, there's so much content out there now that you know, it's not going to be the way that you gain a customer. However, I do think it's a great way to get your name out there. And I think it's also people still want content um, out there, too. So that's probably like the next major ma big, big trend, I think, for this year is like figuring out what's the next major move for marketing um, out there for sure. So that's one of them. Do you want me to keep going? I mean, th these are great. You got my real turn about it. Okay. I do feel like you said everybody started a podcast, but I will say because Mary and I are part of that group that started one, but we'd like to be proud that we're one of the few that have continued. Yeah, we have that, seen so many important. podcasts, just specifically in the in, like event industry, because we've done totally. research on other podcasters and so many people started and very few are still active. So it was totally, one that totally. I was like. I knew I was going to give get crap from you guys for, for that. <laughs> But but no, you're 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 right. It's it's also about the consistency. So I'm also just that's why I'm saying like this year it's important to figure out what's next because um, it also might be that everybody who's making content right now it's overwhelming now. But then you know a year from now no one's making content as much as they used to be. But I I don't tend to have that mindset of oh hey this is more of a temporary downslope. I like to think that like hey here's the next thing because you can continue making content and stuff like that here on the right hand side while you work over here on the left side about what the next future thing's going to be. So um, I think that's important. I also think that it means that the bar has also gone up. I mean, like you guys are doing a great job. We're, we're on video where we sound really good. We made sure that everything's good to go. You know, I think back in the day um, or back in the day <laughs> prior to the pandemic, um, I think that you could get away with like being recording off of like iPod headphones or AirPods. And now like people were like the people who are coming in the quality, the well-branded content, the well the great questions on podcasts, those are the ones that people are sticking around and listening to further than just one episode or whatever it may be because the bar is so high. Okay, so um, let's go on to other trends well, that are going you, on. Before you keep going, yeah, I do yeah. just want to highlight for our listeners, just I, I want to make sure everyone's really listening to these trends because I think sometimes if I'm like an event planner, I'd be like, why does marketing matter to me? Or some of these are bigger decisions than I can make. But so much of the value I think we bring to clients is being aware of these and like, you might not realize now how what you just said about the inbound marketing adjustment is going to impact an event you're having in November, but maybe a couple months from now, you'll be like, wait, I did, I did hear that that was different. And I want to challenge how we're integrating with marketing at our event or something like that. Like all of these, I know I constantly get asked by clients, like what we could do different or what are trends and just having awareness of some of these, even if you're not totally sure how it applies to whatever event you're planning or client you're working with. I think these are super valuable. So I wanted to, I was like my disclaimer, we probably should have done it at the beginning, but we'll <laughs> yeah, put in a couple in. <laughs> for sure. I think um, I would challenge definitely anybody who thinks like, how does this impact my events in here? Um, 
that you need to be thinking deeper and more strategically about your events as well. And, you know, there's tons and tons of podcasts that talk about why we need to be more strategic as an events industry. But I'll give an example of how marketing, uh, for anyone that's still a non-believer out there, how marketing affects your events. But you have to think to yourself, okay, well, if marketing's changing, marketing is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars creating content right now. Well, if they're trying to say that's not effective anymore, where am I going to spend my money? They're looking for what that next thing's going to be. So I think you as a uh, uh, as an event professional have an opportunity to potentially create that next uh, channel for them in a lot of ways, uh, you know, whether it's an event itself, but also think about it in this way. It used to be that, you know, sponsors came in for events and especially on the corporate side, I do a lot of corporate stuff is that, um, you know, the exhibitors say, I want a speaking engagement. I want to slot in to talk. Well, it used to be that you would do that and maybe they get a ton of leads that way. Well, now because people can have figured out how to digest content online, maybe seeing a, a sponsored piece of content at a conference might not be as effective as it used to be. So there, Therefore, your sponsorship dollars aren't going as far as that they used to be. So now, as a sponsor, I'm looking, what's next for me? How am I going to actually drive business for my for my company? So the money that's getting shifted around inside of events is changing so much. So we really have to think about that, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, well, I, I hate to be the guy who says marketing's changing and inbound marketing's dying and not propose another solution out there. Um, so this is the, the the trend that I'm spending a lot of time talking about right now because I think it's the one that if we concentrate as an industry our energy into right now, it can solve a lot of problems that we are having. Um, because a big trend affecting the industry in 2023 is that there's a lot of uncertainty, not as much as 2022, even 2021, definitely not 2021 and definitely not 2020, but there's still uncertainty. People aren't willing to just like dump money into events because attendance could be lower. It's technically maybe the, the second year you've gone back to being in person. What if the first year didn't go as well and now people don't come back for the second year? There's a lot of like what ifs that are kind of in place for this year. We have a lot of talk about economic uncertainty, like could a recession happen at any given second? Aren't we already in one? Um, and, you know, I heard someone say, oh, it's coming at the end of the year. And I'm like, are we ever going to decide when this recession is going to happen? Right. And so, like, people are afraid. People don't want to hire. People don't want to spend tons of money on sponsorships, not knowing what's going to happen. Right. Um, I think a lot of that uncertainty is kind of coming in. Um, I think also what we noticed is that. During the pandemic, it was really easy to reach people to come into the events because you literally sent out an email blast and we could join in an instant and be there. In person, people were, in 2021, 2022, we were just excited to get back. So sometimes people were just buying tickets just to know that their friends were going to be there and come back to it. Well, the problem is that it's going to get harder and harder for us to communicate and sell tickets in a marketing wise. And again, this comes back to why marketing is so hard is that it's going to become harder and harder for us to convince people to come to our conference. So here's an example. Um, we saw the death of a social media network in the last year. Twitter basically, I think, has kind of imploded. I don't think it's going to recover from this in any sort of way. Um, you know, I don't think anyone cares about Facebook anymore. Pretty much we're left with LinkedIn is like the main kind of driver, especially for B2B. But if you're doing a B2C conference, God, for, like TikTok is probably the only thing. Maybe Instagram you can use to advertise to. But again, like people are also starting to feel meh about social media. I don't know about you guys, but like, I don't get as much happiness from staying connected to my friends as much as I used to. Now I feel kind of stressed. I feel anxious. And there's tons of studies on this, right? That this is happening. So if people are going to be starting to pull away potentially from social media and, you know, pretty much what we're left with is email marketing. Well, how are you going to get their emails in the first place? And sure, you can keep marketing to your past attendees, but 
more people are also looking at ways to like get their email down. So they're trying to filter all that crap away. Unless it's urgent and necessary right then and there, they're gonna ignore it. So what that means is like, again, we're in this weird place with marketing. So where does the future of marketing go? And how can we get people to consistently buy tickets for our events? How do we uh, create brand loyalty with our events? And I think the answer to that question is community. Um, and I think that the way, and again, a lot of this stuff comes from the way that I've experienced the world is that I love the idea of social networks, like the ability to stay in touch with both of you and post content, see when your new podcast episodes. I love seeing that stuff, but I don't want to log in there and feel meh when I see things. I don't want to see necessarily your guys' podcast side by side with my aunt complaining about politics, right? So, but I am looking for ways to stay connected to people, but I don't want to do it on social media. Well, this is where the perfect opportunity where like kind of the opportunity crossroads meets is that we build these gigantic audiences for events right like we literally sometimes have thousands of people show up to our events and let's say you do a three-day event you have so much energy built around the three days there's probably a little bit of energy the day before there's probably a couple of energy for a couple of days afterwards but then we just basically leave our attendees off on a cliff but why don't we take that energy and find a way to harness it in the right way almost kind of like a laser instead of just doing a broad spotlight like what if we laser focus that energy down and in the way i think that you can do this is by building a community for your events and what i mean by that is not necessarily the broad term of build a community because we already are building communities for these events but instead you need to figure out a way to say Here's a place that you can go right after the event to continue the conversations, to continue the connections, to stay in touch with each other and all those things like that. And you see this not only in the business world, but like I'm going to a ton of music festivals. I'm in so many discord communities for different music festivals I'm going to this year. I see this with uh, consumer events. You see it everywhere is that people are looking for a place to connect before, during and after the events. We got the during part. Event technology has solved that for us, but how can we continue that energy? So um, that's one reason why uh, you mentioned the event process community at the beginning. One reason why I built that was to show people how you can build a community, how it's done the right way, because I think what we need to start doing as event professionals is building that space that exists after the event and before the event, and that continues year round. So we can keep in touch with our attendees. We can keep marketing them year round. We can keep, uh, you know, the conversations going and then also monetize that in the future to be able to create additional sources of revenue, longer partnerships and sponsorships. I mean, I do like a whole hour long presentation on community. So I figure you guys probably have a ton of questions though after dropping all that. <laughs> I love that you're bringing up community. I was brainstorming some things that I like want to see and I hope to see and I've heard a little bit, you know, that has been brewing and um, the the idea of community is so important. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I have no problem so many questions to be honest but i think the main thing i want to call out to our listeners is like truly be aware of that community that will just mentioned and we'll make sure that we link it the event profs community because as he said it's a great way to experience it and then you can in turn figure out how to implement it in your own event so i just wanted to i guess like recall that out i think it's so important also you mentioned twitter is dying and logan we just jumped on the twitter bandwagon like way too late we joined last year <laughs> Are we are we really on the bandwagon? Though? Are we, really like, <laughs> we have a pot. We have a podcast Twitter account. Personally, I think I've had a Twitter account for now like ten years, but I rarely use. Yeah, it. Like I've never no been someone who got really into it. It was more, well, how it sounds like you have your feedly. Like I was like, I need to have awareness because things would go trending on Twitter, and I'd like it's fun to. I did digital marketing before, and that was like really helpful to see what people were talking about. But personally, I never like dove really into it as on, on my own. So. Totally. Um, it is fascinating, though, to think about like how we, you know, I think events, so much of it is about how we gather. And then, yeah, how does it, what's the so what after the event? Because 
I feel that just even personally when I plan things, you know, it's so much buildup and, you know, my best practice, it's like, let's make sure our post event debrief is scheduled before the event even happens. Cause we're all just coming down yeah. from this big buildup, you know, as organizers. And I can't imagine attendees maybe haven't had as much of a long buildup to it, but they're also coming down and recovering from their event. And, you know, what, what do you want with them? So, um, you touched a little bit. I know you talked, you have your event tech podcast. So I would love yeah. to know just specifically if you had any tech trends that you wanted to call out for, for the coming year. You know, everyone always asks me about tech trends. I'm like, stop thinking me as the tech guy. I'm just really good at it, but I'll do anything. No, um, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, when it comes to the technology side of things, like I'm actually kind of shying away from it this year. Um, so to give you kind of a non-answer, um, I think we've spent so much time over the last like, three years focusing on technology, right? And and granted, there are some trends. More companies are going to go out of business. More companies are going to get bought, all those things like that. But there's nothing that I'm sitting here being like, I'm not telling people pay attention to AR and VR. Apple's probably going to announce a, a mixed reality headset, but it's not going to affect the events industry in any sort of way. And I've been saying that for many years. It's going to take adoption, mass adoption of the hardware before it even becomes popular. But the, there's things like that going on. But really, I think this year is about not focusing on the technology for once yeah because like last year was hybrid right was the big trend like figure out a way to make it so you can bring a virtual audience into the in-person and make it diverse and inclusive right everyone knows that so i'm not going to say those same things because if you have the opportunity to hybrid you're going to do it if you aren't going to do it you're not going to do it kind of thing but where reality is like i think where we need to be focusing our energy is less on trying to implement the next best app or the next best technology and then go back to the basics like I'm talking a lot about like content design right now. Like, do we really need a hundred sessions at a conference? Do we really need five stages at a music festival? You know, do we really need to have every single element of the event planned? Or does we really like, here's the challenge I give a lot of people right now is like, why don't you just have one main keynote, one main act, whatever it is, and make that the sole focus and then just give so much space around it for people to meet each other, talk about it, reflect on it, all those things like that. Like, we're not getting enough of that, I think, in the events industry right now because we're like, how can I jam so much stuff and keep people occupied? Which a lot of that comes from the virtual event world is that we had to keep people's eyeballs engaged and things constantly going on because if you gave them an hour break, they're never coming back. Right. And I think that that's changed a lot when it comes to in-person and hybrid events, but people really need some kind of breathing room space. So I like I'm pushing people away from the technology stuff um, on here. In fact, like I, if you guys ask me about a, a non-tech trend, I have a, another one that's totally even further off basis from technology, too. But it does have, relate, I guess. I don't think it really relates to technology, but we'll we'll, we'll leave that teaser in there. <laughs> we want to hear it. What, what well, is it? I First, I want to I want to end the the event tech talk so then we'll get away from it. But more because I think for me, my trend like that I've been talking to clients is more just the acknowledgement that there is no perfect platform. And oh yeah, yeah. I feel like that was something in 2020 and 2021 and even into 2020. It's like we're on the hunt. Like no, it's going to be out there. It's like the holy grail. We will find it. And at this, like I've had big budgets, small budgets, everything totally. in between. And I've for all my small ones, I rationalize. I'm like you could have a million dollars and you still would not get the perfect so platform custom because I've done a custom platform and there's totally. still limitations to it. So it's been more just figuring out what best fits and then, you know, acknowledging those, those 
you know, shortcomings, which similar to in-person venue, again, I said, you know, there's, there are some perfect venues for people, but a lot of times there's going to be little things that, you know, you're like, all right, we'll work around it. You know, rough loading it, docker. It's especially <laughs> not going to happen now that like all the funding's dry, dried up for event tech, right? Like we were yeah. in this, like everyone's dumping money. That's why you see like hop and get billions of dollars in valuation. That's why you see these event talk companies go from like nothing to huge overnight, but like that's not going to happen this year. So it means also like, if you're not happy with the platform the way it is right now, they're probably not going to develop that feature that you absolutely direly need. And that was a learning for me, actually, at the end of last year was that I was talking to a platform and wanted them to build out a lot of community features, and they weren't necessarily ready to do that. And they, they seemed excited at the beginning because they saw revenue dollars, they saw this opportunity, but then they realized all their money was in events. So why develop all these community features? And also, like, why did I, as this dumb event tech will, is that I tried to pick a platform that based on what it might look like in the future rather than being happy with the way it is right now. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I see I'm seeing a gap for folks who got sold on these future features. Oh, my God. And then going into it, a platform I just worked with last month that we they'd announced all these great features. I was like, great. I was in their learning platform. And then I messaged their tech support because I couldn't find it. And they're like, oh, that doesn't exist. And I was like, <laughs> do you have like eight different articles and a video of like how do you realize this feature? And they're like, nope, that's not a feature. It's like, OK, so I guess we just, you know, the funding dried up totally. for it or something like so. And I always come back to Zoom and folks who like listen to this podcast know I'll sing its praises, not because it's the best fit, but because so many people adopted it. It's like the lowest barrier to entries for a lot of my clients that are looking for super simple ways to do virtual or even hybrid and bringing in a virtual speaker in a way that some of the fancier tools would require way more onboarding. Um, and, you know, I think that'll help them stick around. And for some event pros who've been like resistant to learn it, I just will constantly say, just learn the ins and outs of it because people are using it from, from now until, you know, forever, sure. I feel like. So Zoom is definitely here to stay for sure. Yeah. Well, you hear it, heard it first here, but here, well, we can get <laughs> off of event tech. What was your other uh, trend for 2023? Oh, uh, this is my favorite. This is my fun one. I think I have a couple other trends and stuff like that, but this is the fun one that, everyone, that usually starts, sparks the conversation. Uh, I believe that 2023 is the year for cannabis at events. Um, so like, I think that, you know, for a long time, cannabis has been stigmatized. Um, it's, but now it's at the point where it's legal in so many different states that so many people, I think crave sounds a little bit more intense than it really is, but people want to have that experience at events. And especially if you're in a state where it's legal, like, and you're not creating a space or an experience around it, attendees are going to figure out how to do it on their own anyways, right? They're going to go into take the edible. They're going to eat all your munchies and you're not going to be prepared for how hungry everyone's going to be, right? Like all these things like that, I think are going to exist this year. Um, and I think that it's going to continue to get legalized more and more and more across the entire country. Uh, and I, for all of our listeners that are international, I apologize. I'm mainly talking about the United States right now, but I think it's a really, really big trend. And I think that um, for a lot of uh, times as event professionals, we think to ourselves, well, I was, what did I have to do that? Well, sometimes it's about creating the set and setting. It's about, you know, creating the right experience, but also preparing that like less and less attendees are drinking alcohol than ever before. Like, so one thing you want to consider is how this trend impacts is like, maybe we need more mocktails. Maybe we need to um, not have necessarily an open bar. Maybe there's a small handful of people who are going to be drinking at your event. Um, there's so many implications as it comes part of this, but especially the younger generation. And I think I get to speak a little bit for gen uh, for millennials now at this point, but like 
my generation is less like let's go have 20 beers at the open bar and they're more like yeah let's like smoke a j and go hang out and talk about our feelings you know <laughs> so like i think like this is totally shifting the way that we do events and i think this year the reason why it's a trend for this year is that you're probably gonna have an event in that space at some point but also you're gonna have attendees who are maybe gonna show up to a a, a happy hour or something like that high rather than drunk and what does that mean? And if you aren't prepared in thinking about it and, you know, not necessarily even designing around it, but just being aware of it, then you're going to get left behind because th at this point, like it's again, not stigmatized the way it used to be. It's totally more acceptable. Um, and I think that's the thing that we need to be thinking about when it comes to the, the, the events and what's actually impacting is this experience. We're millennials too, so we, we can be a, a, <laughs> yes. good, a good enough sample size for this purpose and represent everyone. But, um, that I opt our our faces were shocked when you said that. I was like not expecting you to say that. Now now I have to know like what are what other like random fun ones do you have? Oh, like fun trends and stuff. That's my yeah. most fun one. That's my uh that's my least con that's my least controversial controversial one. Um, but like you know. I I guess the other controversial one like that I think about like so if you want to hear like quick tips and things like that I don't think I say this is a trend but this is one way I'm thinking about events now moving forward is that you know so many people right now coming with this economic downturn are thinking how can I maximize the budget that I existingly have how can I be prepared for my budget to go lower you know if your events go budget's going up congratulations kudos but I still think you need to think about this way but like for example one of the ways I think about it is that so many people are thinking how do I stretch my budget how do I shift it how do I do all these things like that and no one's really thinking about like taking their budget like crumpling into a ball and throwing it in the trash can I use the term like instead of just thinking outside the box crush the box and start completely new so one of the concepts that I have around that I think can challenge and again a lot of my like thoughts aren't necessarily like do this one thing. It should be hopefully a thought experiment to get you thinking in the way that you need to be. But here's one of my most controversial ones. I think that we need to get rid of catering budgets at events. Um, maybe like not for for the like uh, the staff and things like that. Like the people who literally can't leave the venue and just like have to be there to eat. That that you can keep that budget. But like I'm talking about, why do we spend like a quarter million dollars on? food for lunch that no one wants to eat that the only reason they're eating is because it's free included as part of the ticket price when in reality like what i think we need to start doing for events is like offering more time for lunch so instead of an hour give them three hours and then give them a list of all the restaurants nearby and go send them out to go walk to the, near the nearest restaurant and obviously call all the restaurants and be like we're about to send you know 10,000 attendees to these 10 different restaurants or whatever it is but like Instead, put the onus on the the attendee to pay for their own food. So A, it saves you costs. Everyone's okay with it. The food's way better. But also, most importantly, I get more time to have the conversation during lunch. I can't tell you how many times that like I end up leaving a vent site to go eat the nearby food that I want to try to enjoy and enjoy the city. Again, also local impact happens as well. But how many times I've done that, but then had to freaking book it right back to the event as soon as possible because you know lunch was only an hour and I basically lost 40 minutes of it to walking or whatever it is so um I can tell you that like I think that people value the idea of having food on site paid for way too much when in reality like it's gonna get wasted so there's a sustainability factor it's gonna cost you more money than if you just send people to the local restaurants and 
three, like, why don't we also as an idea, like give vouchers or coupons to attendees and say like, hey, call up the restaurant and say, hey, I'm going to send attendees your way. Can I give them a $5 off coupon? And you could totally do that and put that in as part of your event app. So they show the coupon right before they, you know, they pay or whatever it may be. And I think like that's the kind of experience I think people are need to start thinking about when it comes to events rather than taking the same thing they've been doing since 2019 and just rehashing it over and over and over again, thinking like, how can I actually do this differently? That is, yeah, that's a good one. And that is like an aspirational trend, I feel like, for myself that I, we always, one of our most popular episodes on this podcast is like episode two, where we talked about why you need a North Star for your event and how important it is to figure out what your purpose is and why you're here and not just being like, well, because we did it that way last year. And a lot of times when you're, sometimes we get brought in that process where you're too far down the road and then you're confused of why you're over budget by a bunch or you know, some of your comments about programming and things like that, that I'm always like, why'd you do three consecutive keynotes? Cause it's three times the crew, like just do one. And they're like, well, we can't, we're too far down. And it's like, okay, okay. There's, there's only so much you can cut to still have three things happening at once versus one thing happening at once, you know, and doing more of these small breakouts. Cause I know I I'm similar to you all where I pers it's like, what have I personally found value from when I'm, I always, when I go to events, I joke, it's always for research and for enjoyment, but like, I'm also figuring out what parts I love and, that was something that was hard virtual with those like serendipitous moments of meeting people. And it's usually over food or those gaps in programming that then you can like connect on something that you both heard, but it's not so much a connection I'm making next to someone I'm sitting at, you know, in a, in a keynote session or something like that. It's usually outside, you know, afterward or something like that and creating that space. And I think sometimes event organizers think that space is bad and that's usually like where the best parts come from. I just sit in the hallways at conferences now and just wait for people to come to me. Like it's so much better that way. And like, a, it's a more enjoyable experience for me. Like when, especially when I like, you know, I was like knee deep and like running my company really, really hard is like, I had lots of meetings that were like literally happening while I was at a conference. I just do them, you know, like, yeah, from the, a table on the outside, but it was nice. It's like I weaved in my work, but like, I got so much more value because I had to have deeper conversations. It wasn't rushed. Like as long as I'm going still attending conferences and feel like I still haven't seen everybody, that means that there still wasn't enough time for me to see everybody. And I think that's like something we need to be paying attention to. So interesting. I love what you're saying. Also, you do get the liberty of just sitting outside and having people come to you this because now true. everyone recognizes your voice, right? They'll just this hear is you. True. And this oh, is that's, true. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, very true. Well, we have one last question for you. This is a, another important question. Looking forward to the future, even like, future past trends. The state of the industry obviously has changed a lot over the last few years. So how do you see the industry changing and developing in the years to come? Uh, there's one guaranteed trend I know will continue to happen is that event professionals will have more and more on their plate than they've ever had before, right? Like I talk about community and usually the question comes like, so do I have to do this now, right? And so that's one trend I think that's always gonna be there that people need to be paying attention to because you also then have to design your role around it or your design your team around it. If yeah, if community is something that's gonna help propel your marketing and your 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 alignment to your attendees, to your brand or whatever the heck it may be, like maybe you need to be thinking not about how you're gonna do it, but how are you guys gonna build a team to be able to do it? And I think that far too often every single year there's some new trend there's something new that pops up on the plates that then everyone goes oh and i don't have the time to do it and then what it leads to is more stress uh, frustration um, or just the not doing of the trend and i think you saw this exact same thing happen when virtual came around is that there were so many people who were like oh i have to learn virtual event platforms 
I think it was really good that everyone did do it because it got everyone more comfortable with technology. But there's so many people who then decided to retire, people who went out of business, who said, I don't want to learn this next thing. I don't want to get involved in this next trend. And yeah, that's a once in not a once in a lifetime pandemic. We're probably gonna have another one, but a pandemic is obviously a case where something crazy happens. But like this is gonna happen with virtual reality in a couple of years. You're gonna have to know how it works and experience it in some sort of way. So maybe it's time to bring if you don't want to do it bringing on a vr person but what i think for most people is that you got to keep learning and growing like that's the one thing for me is like i don't ever want to feel stagnant i don't ever want to feel like i'm not learning and trying something new like so for example me personally the big trend i think that like i'm focusing on and trying to learn right now is like the ai tools like the chat gpts of the world um the 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 ai assisted writing the automations with video like just getting in there and playing around with the tools makes it so i don't feel like I, I could never do this. I'm prepared that if it becomes a seismic shift in the events industry, I'm at least cognizant that I know how to find the right tools, but also how to find the right people involved. So I think that's one thing to just really keep in mind. This is, stuff is always going to be changing. So just keep learning and growing and keep building a team around you because, yeah, events are just going to become more and more complex over the course of the foreseeable future. I can't think of a single role at an event where you wouldn't have to keep learning. And that is encouraging to me, but maybe scary for some. But that is like the beauty of the industry. Um, well, we would love to talk to you for, for hours and hours and hours. I feel like this is just scratching the surface. But is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we wrap up? Yeah. Um, you know, when it when it comes to anything that anyone wants to talk about ever, I'm always open to talk more about it. We'll have to do a part two, I think, of this. This is a good chance for me to plug some of the additional resources for people to check out. Or uh, I wasn't sure if that question was coming next. Um, <laughs> so um, when it comes to like staying, in, if you like this stuff, first check out our event trends blog. We write it every single year. Just go to helloendless.com, search the word trends. I'm pretty sure if you search the word event trends, it's going to rank number one on Google. Um, so check that out. That's a great place to start. Check out all of our podcasts. If you like podcasts as well, I appreciate you guys' uh, shout out in the beginning as well. Um, and then if anyone ever needs event services, reach out to endless events. We're here to help out in any sort of way. Um, and then the the next kind of like part of what I'm promoting a lot of right now is the event props community. Um, so uh, we started it as a Slack group in the pandemic, then evolved it into its own dedicated app in uh, June of last year. Um, so now we're coming upon like its year anniversary and uh, we just transitioned to becoming a paid community. I think good things that have a lot of value, you should pay money for right and that's how you make things super sustainable not in just the sustainability factor but also like so it lasts for generations to come so um if you like these kind of conversations come join us at event profs community it's designed to be the first online first community um, for the events industry so you come in you get all the value you get to learn you get to grow all those things like that and if you feel icky on social media and want to get off come join us it's eventprofscommunity.com and um yeah it's a lot of fun we're <laughs> it's blowing up right now so um that's why i'm spending most of my energy these days <laughs> that is awesome and i know logan and i are definitely going to check that out as we said before we'll link some of those in the show notes listeners so you can have easier access to those but how exciting how amazing and thank you for these trends will i i like my mind is blowing and i'm gonna have to go like debrief this episode in my head and figure out how i'm gonna implement these trends so i know i really appreciate it thank you so much for your time and for your energy and thanks for being on the podcast you're so welcome. Thank you guys for having me. It's been so much fun. I love getting to talk to you. And yeah, if you guys ever need anything, you just let me know. I'm here. Absolutely. Yes. I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. I'm sure we'll do a part two of this episode. So stay tuned, everyone. And thank you again, Will. Now we're going to turn it over to Logan, who has our bonus tip for today. 
Yes. So this one is uh, for the quote unquote road warriors. It's a term I recently had a, a friend in the industry talk to me and it's about people who are constantly on the road and traveling is uh, make yourself a self-care kit. And this is for like your physical health, your mental health. And the gold kit's just to make you feel more at home when you're busy and traveling and probably going from hotel to room to hotel room. Um, and it can be unique to you. This is like an exercise that I've started doing for myself. So it has everything from like heating pads for my back because I get sore from standing and walking around a lot. I love Rice Krispie treats to so something sweet if I get snacky. Uh, massage ball for my feet, Epsom salt bath bombs. I also love twinkle lights. So I'm going to bring a bring a set of those to a hotel room near me so I can make it feel more at home. But even if you aren't traveling, I do encourage you to make it yourself a box or something of uh, things that make you feel good so that you can make sure that you recharge and are ready to face the day. Because I feel like as event profs, like our mental health is really important, but also our physical health. Logan, this is a great bonus tip. I was just thinking about this and talking to someone else about it. So noted on all of these. So thank you for your bonus tip. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, but I mean, Twitter, we've talked about that today. On LinkedIn, on any pretty much social platform at Better Events Pod. Send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And thank you so much again for listening. And we will be back with you next Wednesday. 